Welcome aboard to another episode of Tree Service Marketing Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Smith with Tree Service Digital uh, and the Facebook group, Tree Service Marketing Secrets. If you haven't joined that group, go to Facebook and search for Tree Service Marketing Secrets. We've got a lot of good content in there. So today we have an episode. Kurt Stenberg is joining us from Canada. He's going to tell his business story, a couple other cool topics. Kurt, welcome aboard, man. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for sharing your story. It really helps a lot of other business owners in the same niche. Everybody kind of likes to hear from other business owners doing the same thing they're doing or kind of different journeys to get to the, the destination. So tell us a little bit about like maybe how you got started in the tree service business, where you're located, kind of what you're doing. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested as well in other people's journeys because uh, I feel kind of like a lone wolf up here. Uh, I do a lot of tree work by myself in in a small community and uh, I didn't like grow up and go through the same paces as maybe lots of other guys that worked for a few different companies and started as a groundsman and kind of worked their way up. Um, so yeah, I, th you know, I think I'm doing a good job and um, I only know what I've learned through some, through some courses in school through Arbiculture Canada, but um, maybe it's good. I didn't build up any bad habits or anything, but I'm sure there's a few I could probably work on, but yeah, I'm from Cochrane, Alberta in Canada. So it's near Calgary or Banff. If anyone's been up here, it's in the foothills, so it's uh, a lot of grasslands and some smaller trees, uh, which is great. So I can manage those with uh, a little less overhead. I don't have a big company with uh, a big forestry truck and chipper or anything like that. I run a pickup truck and trailer and, um, you know, have one to two helpers kind of part time that help me out. And that seems to be pretty good at managing everything I need to do here. I'm lucky enough to dump some of my loads just west of town. So I kind of have like a little niche set up for uh, my business. Um, but I wasn't always an arborist. I started out as a firefighter EMT for about 16 years uh, here in Alberta at a few different departments. Uh, last one was in Red Deer and it was a combined EMT fire service. So I was there, yeah, I was there probably for about eight years. And then uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD uh, and some other things that just got to be too overwhelming, you know, not even knowing that it was happening. So I was kind of forced through WCB, if anyone's familiar with that, it's kind of like the it's the workers' compensation board, but they ultimately forced me out of that career and had to find a new career. So I was kind of floundering for a year or two, trying to uh, heal up some new mental health things that I was now aware of, and also find a new career. Um, I did some job tests and horticulture kept coming back up. So I, I don't even really know what horticulture was. <laughs> and I'd never seen an arborist, but so one day I came across an arborist um, maybe like a picture of some guy in a tree with some, with some chainsaws attached to his hip. And I was like, oh man, that's for me for sure. Like I love chainsaws. I did some wild firefighting back in the day. So I love cutting trees and being out there in the, in nature. And, uh, I needed to find a place where I could, yeah, connect with nature, but also just like, just be outside, work for myself, think differently. And, uh, as soon as I found an arborist career, it just hit me and I knew I had to do it. So I, I fired up some courses with Arbiculture Canada right away or as soon as I could and uh, an Instagram account so I could follow some other people and kind of get to know what the industry was like at least through social media and uh, yeah that's how that's how it started. Awesome so it's kind of divine intervention is what kind of led you into the the tree service arbicultural field it sounds like right like sometimes life events happen and everybody has them at some stage of their life no matter if it's young or it's middle middle stages you know or in the older years, but it sounds like that kind of came upon you. There's an opportunity there to kind of pivot and do something different. 
And um, you kind of chose that because it's basically kind of something that you're interested in. It sounds like you did some searching and things like that. And you found out that tree service was something you're interested in. And uh, arborist and arboriculture, I think, is a, is a very growing field, especially kind of the saving trees and the, the health of trees and things like that moving forward. Because, you know, if you rip out all the trees and, and, and clear all the land across the country or in Canada, everywhere else, there's not going to be as many standing. So there's definitely some detriments to that. So I think being a part of the, the tree health side of things is a good, good thing moving forward. It's a growing field. And so from there, man, you, you kind of started learning the process, learning the business. Did you just, you know, go into business for yourself and start doing it on your own from the beginning? Or did you get any kind of experience under your belt with another tree company type thing? How'd that go? Yeah, great question. So um, being a little bit more mature, you know, I just turned 40 this year. I had some life experience, obviously, from the fire department things. Like I was able to communicate with people really well, especially in stressful situations and things like that. And initially, I didn't think there was going to be many transferable skills that led over to being an entrepreneur, starting my own business, or just being an arborist in general. But it turns out there was actually quite a bit. And everything really does come down to, you know, like a lot of human psychology or just good customer interactions and making people happy at the end of the day, running a business. So um, that definitely came in handy. But um, so first, I went off to actually, I got a few jobs with some like Davy Tree and, uh, I, I mentored like, you know, just a job shadowed, I guess you'd say under a couple other arborists local in the area, just to kind of see how they ran things day to day, uh, was really observant to see how they did, did their work and work together, what kind of equipment they used. Um, I worked for Davy tree for, I think two days before I got fired. Uh, <laughs> so that was kind of a, a bit of a setback, but I had some stickers on my truck that said I was, I was an arborist and I was looking to do some like pruning and that sort of thing. So I, I didn't realize that uh, they don't want you advertising yourself as an arborist elsewhere. If you work for Davy tree it was one of their, one of their uh, policies. So, so there I was fired on day two from Davy tree, looking to uh, still get into boriculture, not knowing what to do, but I, uh, it only motivated me more to get things going. So through some of these courses, I took the production tree removal and rigging course as my first course. Figured I could kind of fill in the blanks and ask a bunch of questions and get myself started. Um, and that's where I met Johnny Corthius. He's an industry leader in aboriculture. Um, and he kind of took me under his wing and mentored me. So I would travel down about three hours to Lethbridge, where he's from, and do some bigger tree days with him and just stay with him for a day or two, ask a ton of questions and try and get myself up to speed. And by this point, I'd already decided that I wanted to start my own tree company. So I basically had a list of uh, values that I had that I wanted to fill and check off these boxes uh, if I was going to start a new career. So like we were talking about before, one of them was I wanted to work outside, want to be in nature. I want to work for myself, control my own schedule. I didn't want to have to commute to the big city that we're near because we're kind of a suburb. I didn't want to waste time like just in life in general, spending an hour each day commuting to try and find work like I didn't want to work to live. I kind of wanted to live to work and kind of been through the, you know, the whole fire department thing. So I wanted my time off to be substantial enough that I could do things with my family and, and all this kind of stuff. So that's where starting my own business uh, really came in. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of times people work for a tree company for years or they move their way up there, become the crew lead or become operations at a tree company and pretty much on the job training, you're getting paid to learn the business and kind of inner workings of how the business works from, you know, a lead coming in to booking the appointment, going out and giving the estimate, maybe negotiating or talking through it and then getting to work and then completing the work, cleaning up the job site and moving on to the next one. So like, if you see all of that happen day to day, 
uh, week to week, month to month, you kind of get an idea of the business and how it works. And then from there, yeah, you, I mean, it sounds like you kind of quickly pivoted and, and started your own company after the Davy experience. It was, you know, relatively brief there. And then uh, went into business for yourself and just, you probably kind of knew most of everything that you needed to know to get going. But I mean, entrepreneurship, like you said before, it is kind of like being out on an island. So once you got going, uh, you said you had like a mentor, I think that you mentioned a minute ago that that helped you kind of just get, maybe put some of the puzzle pieces together and kind of help you kind of get launched. Is that kind of how it worked? Yeah, totally. So he was, yeah, like I said, one of the instructors at Arbor Canada too. So um, he was highly skilled and he was good enough to kind of donate or sell me a bunch of gear, you know, if not for a lot of money that he had that was kind of used to get me set up. And then um, just through some other small businesses, I'd kind of started over the years with some photography. Uh, we sold microgreens at one point to some different little things. I kind of had an idea of how to start a small business. So just little things like, you know, obviously choosing a name, getting a logo, getting a Gmail account set up and an Instagram and all that kind of stuff and getting yourself out there to advertise. So I would use, you know, local Google ads and, uh, and Instagram social media ads to kind of get my name out there. And then uh, just started receiving calls. But it was definitely tricky in the beginning because I kind of felt, you know, or didn't want to feel like an imposter, like I was going out there to prune someone's tree without supervision. So this kind of led me down the road of like really needed to find a lot of education quickly. So I would do a lot of mentorship, uh, read a ton of books, uh, obviously learned through some experience. But although I think I did a pretty good job still in the beginning, but nothing like I am now, it definitely took me a lot longer to prune a tree than that as it does now with with experience, uh, I can pretty much do it subconsciously, it seems like. So it was just like a steep learning curve in the beginning, but also really exciting. Awesome. And when you first got started, let's talk about that just for a minute, because a lot of people bootstrap and get going and they're, you know, hey, I'm doing this. I've got my own business. Some people, you know, put their toe in the water and start on the side, which I think is probably the less risky way to do it. But if you're working for a tree company, it's kind of a conflict of interest, sort of like what happened with Davey, right? So like you're working for a tree company, but you're also marketing over here that you're starting your own business. So it kind of can be conflict of interest, especially if you're in the same exact market. So if you if you just pivot and go forward with it, you kind of burn the burn the bridge, as they say, right? And yeah. you forward with your new tree service business. Talk about like how you got your first handful, 20, 30 customers. How did those transpire? How did you get those customers coming into your business? Oh man, it's a little while ago now. It's probably, you know, four or five years since I started everything up, but uh, I think it was just through some ads. I, or I initially may have even posted on like uh, some Facebook groups just in the community uh, or like Kijiji. You guys have, I don't know if you have Kijiji down there or Craigslist, that, that kind of thing. I've heard work pretty well too. Just local community groups and stuff like buy, sell. Yeah. Yeah. Little things like that. Exactly. So our community's you know, small. There wasn't really any arborists here too. So it kind of worked out and I saw that opportunity that I could start up. Like, I don't think any other guys could start a full-time company here because um, a lot of them run chippers and trucks. And then if they want to employ somebody full-time, they're going to be going outside of Cochrane to find more work just to keep themselves sustained. Whereas you know, with the help of WCB being off of the fire department, I had some financial top up, I guess you would say, because I was, you know, forced to leave my career. So I only needed to earn a small amount of money, especially for a little while while they would kind of help me out to get back on my feet. So I didn't have this pressure, you know, fortunately, which makes me a little bit different uh, than other people, but I didn't have this pressure to earn a ton of money right away. So that really took a lot of stress off. So I was able to start slow and kind of ramp things up, but, you know, it didn't take long before I was making enough enough money doing that, doing a, being an arborist. 
um, that it wasn't a big deal. So looking back, it's like that was an influencing factor that I would have needed to hold me back in order to do it. So I wouldn't say it's not possible for other people to start their own business and uh, just go for it. And I liked your analogy there of, of burning the bridges. I just read uh, Think and Grow Rich, and they have that one pillar of thought where they uh, they use that story where the guys came to shore and they burnt all their ships. So they had no choice but to fight their their way to victory. And that was that was kind of part of it, man. It was like I had to find something. I just went for it. And I had that like burning desire to be an arborist. I just kind of knew. So it, it worked out great. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you're pretty much, um, I think I saw something at one point there was like, well, what was plan B? It was like, well, there was no plan B. It was plan A and that's it. Right. Yeah. So start your business. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're literally going down this road of, Hey, I'm starting the business. I've got to tell everybody that I'm in business so that I can get people calling me and interested and going out and giving some estimates or just talking to people about their trees and consulting about arborists type, you know, circumstances with people's trees, things like that. So one of the things that we talk about just within our community, um, and you may have done some of these things too, I don't know, but you know, what the first thing is, is, you know, get business cards printed and hand those out to everybody within five feet of you every day, all day. The next thing is, is maybe get signs done. These are things that you can put more effort into and they're less cost. Mm. So order signs and put those out frequently, you know, make sure you watch out for sign ordinances and things like that. But signs work really well, street signs, yard signs with the stakes, um, you can do every door direct mail, save yourself some money by doing the printing and, you know, getting a print shop and doing those locally in certain zip codes that you want to target, get a minimum viable website up, you know, get your Google business profile on the maps verified. That's the kind of the first thing to getting on the Google map, yeah. you know, and it's free. It just takes a little bit of work to get it verified there. Um, yeah. and then, you know, a couple other little things like that, where you're just kind of proactively pushing out, you know, your, your business and marketing and then also wrap your trucks. If you have a truck and. Maybe mm-hmm. when you first start, you're on a tight budget. You can't just do a big, you know, nice, gigantic truck wrap, but you can at least get signs made, right? For a few hundred bucks and magnets and put those on the truck because otherwise, totally. they, they, yeah, they don't know who you are if you're driving around. But if you're in neighborhoods all day and driving around residential areas, people will call off those. So were you doing yeah. things too? Yeah, exactly. Those things you just mentioned. So I didn't go for the full truck wrap right away, but um, definitely got like some signs made up for each side of the truck. And then some little yard signs, you know, you, you don't want to spend much money in the beginning because you don't have a lot of money. So that's kind of where you start. And uh, yeah, those paid off for sure. You know, you find a client that, you know, is really happy with you. And a lot of people like to support someone that's new and starting out. And then we just try and keep that relationship um, uh, really positive, especially when I left. And then they would often give word of mouth to their neighbors or, you know, it would just start to snowball as you would start to get a little bit of business. And then before you know it, um, you're rolling. But um yeah, other than that, I mean, a lot of Instagram, I did a lot of social media research because when I started out, it was in the fall and uh, most the tree companies here are kind of shutting down this time of year because we get kind of a cold winter and it's not really reliable for work. Um, so I spent a lot of time online and doing a lot of research, uh, you know, just how to use hashtags and how to get my name out there for free through social media. So that was kind of ready to go. So I had, you know, three, four months over the winter to try and promote myself ready for spring, which is also another advantage I think I had. That's great. Yeah. Social media is free. It's something you can do. You can put more effort into it, post more often. You can actually put a really minimum budget into like Facebook, Instagram as well called boosting posts. So basically you can post, right? Yeah. Some sort of, Hey, call us now or some call to action. And then you can just put 30 or 50 bucks behind it and it'll show up in people's newsfeed locally within whatever radius you target or people yeah. liked your page previously, those types of audiences. 
And then, you know, people will see you. That's another way to kind of get the word out for inexpensive. But all those things, just when you're first starting out, are huge because you're getting the name out, you know, and you don't have the massive budget yet, maybe for search marketing or big direct mail campaigns or billboards or, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Uh, so these things are good to get started with to kind of get the name out there, get people kind of seeing your company and seeing what you're doing and that type of thing. The other thing, too, on social media that a lot of people fail to do is on their personal profile, a lot of times people have 500, 800, 2,000 friends on their personal profile. Well, you know, if you just post on there about what you're doing, you, know, you don't have to post every single post to be a business post about your new business, but maybe every other post, you know, you do some family pictures or, hey, we're out doing this or doing that. Yeah. You can also post, hey, we're out here trimming some trees. By the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then just maybe tag your business page from that personal profile post, you know, and totally people can get, get over there and see that business page too. But those are things that you're getting in front of a lot of people for free doing it that way too. You know, yeah, and yeah, and family and friends and things like that are people that want to hire you first. And you know, people would rather hire someone they know or at least someone that's trusted right away. So like Google reviews even come in handy for a lot of people. They'll they'll just choose you based on the amount of reviews you have and how many are five star because other people have vouched for you. So um same thing with family and friends, like they know you a little bit, so they trust you and they'll and they'll hire you. And then of course again, things snowball from there and um, one thing I recommend too to people, because I have a lot of uh, newer, younger guys now working with me, or even some other, you know, close to local arborist companies that will call up and chat and ask me how we got started, because they're also looking to start. And I recommend joining some of these community groups. So, like, there's a horticultural society, and I'll go to the meetings, you know, once a month over the over the season, and just get to know people and participate in all the things like seed sharing, whatever it is, any kind of gardening. Uh, participate in those Facebook groups and uh, I collaborate with like the local greenhouse and we do like some giveaways online or I've hosted some pruning workshops like at the greenhouse and just being out there and involved as a good person in the community I think really gets your name out and 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 helps out a lot I mean uh, even this year we went in the parade and handed out candy in the rain and brought all the kids out and made them all t-shirts and that sort of stuff so I think there's a some good karma factor there too so if you're doing good things and giving back to the community you can always do that that gets your name out there and people want to promote you as well um you know one other example is uh i went to the ecological society this year because i cut down a tree with some birds in a nest felt terrible so scooped them up and then got a hold of an ecological society near town took them out there they had a big hazardous tree that was like looming and hanging over the, one of their enclosures from a storm and then uh but I did some free work for them. So then I came back and then took care of that tree for them. They did all the debris and stuff, but it was a great way to collaborate with them online through social media. And they were extremely happy and just don't was able to donate my time to uh, a local community group like that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like any kind of that positive press, right? That you get from other people saying that you're a great guy, great company, doing the right thing, helping out, you know, and, and, and doing some free things like that really kind of gets you out there. People just see that and it's like a feel good story. And then people just remember that, right? They resonate to stuff like that. So that's really good. So another thing too, that we've talked to a lot of business owners about and some of our clients, but then also some people that have been on the podcast is like, once you become that local professional, the certified arborist that knows the ins and outs of like all the tree species and how to treat them, how to help them prune them properly, all that. A lot of the tree companies will then funnel up a lot of their clients issues and, and, and arborist type um, scenarios to a company like yours that knows what they're talking about, knows what they're doing, because a lot of these tree companies, they just fail to kind of learn that, you know, arborist and tree healthcare and plant healthcare side of the business. 
So I think that's a mm-hmm. very growing side of the business. And, and a lot of these certified arborists that become that local community expert end up getting a lot of referrals and a lot of business just from the other tree companies in the area because they're not doing that. Um, yeah, you 100%. Some of that yourself? Yeah. So that's cool. You brought that up because uh, like the tree health and that sort of side is uh, kind of my niche and gets me really excited. So again, going back to like the greenhouse in town, that really brought me a lot of business in the beginning because people would phone into their local greenhouse here and say, Oh, I got something wrong with my tree or it's kind of sick. Or when I'd go and prune people's trees, you know, they'd wonder like, should I prune my tree? Should I remove it? And I'm like faced with this decision of like, well, I don't know. Like I, I know it's got this disease in it that I'm starting to recognize, but what should I do about it? So um, I took some courses in insect and disease management and that sort of thing. And there was always these recommendations at the end of like a certain kind of spray to try and kill a bug or a disease. And, and then it was crossed out. And then I said, well, these, you need a pesticide applicator license now to use these. And people aren't, are moving away from this kind of treatments for trees. So I'm like, well, what are we supposed to do? Like we're in the field, I'm trying to care for these trees, but I don't really have a solution, you know, at the end of this course. So kind of peeled back the layers and literally got down to the root problem of finding why trees are getting sick. And then uh, I ended up getting interested in permaculture and took a uh, permaculture course and a few other horticulture courses and did a lot of self-study through like the soil food web school online, just watching YouTube videos, reading some books, but really got into soil ecology and um, living soil systems and just how that works and how the trees live and grow in a healthy way with symbiotic relationships through mycorrhizal fungi and this whole soil food web they call it in the ground you know when they're photosynthesizing they're releasing some of their sugars into the soil and then the microbes come and they eat them and they create waste it's like a big self-sustaining circle right and it it made so much sense because like trees when they grow out in the wild you know they grow in a forest and they grow um, as companions to each other with a great diversity of species and different heights of canopies and ground covers and all this kind of stuff. And all of that is there to shade the ground, retain moisture and uh, allow decomposition to happen. This all feeds the trees, right? Because no one goes out and waters these trees. And a lot of these insects and diseases are natural and they're natural parts of the forest system to help break them down and allow new trees to grow. But when we plant trees in an urban setting, we have to look things a little bit differently and we have to intervene where we can. So I would go and do a lot of uh, health consultations now, which is another part of my business where I've been able to grow. Um, And I'll charge people to come over and just discuss their trees. And we'll go and do like an hour, say walk around their yard, identify trees, um, give them a lot of suggestions of things that they can do differently to keep their trees healthy, maybe diagnose them. And uh, people love it. It's basically a, a permaculture talk, even though they don't even know it. And uh, it goes all back to natural stuff. I'm not trying to sell them on anything, although this would be a good business plan is to maybe get myself some organic fertilizing uh, tools and that sort of thing. But I'm just not set up for it. But I do recommend them to use compost and wood chips and put in some edging and remove grass and actually water their trees and this kind of stuff. And then, you know, prune them when it's appropriate because pruning adds stress to trees. So these talks really create a lot of business for me, too, because I have a chance to speak with a customer for an hour and they get to understand that, uh, you know, I know what I'm talking about with the trees and then they build up that trust and it's kind of a long lasting thought in their minds, I like to think. And then again, they, there's a lot of word of mouth and they tell a lot of people about me and they have me back for years to come as opposed to going down that road, kind of as you were alluding to with uh, doing a lot of tree removals. And I think it's sort of, you know, it's not unfortunate. I know it's a big part of our, our career, but 
sometimes it can be easier, especially for companies trying to manage multiple employees, is it just could be easier to buy a big truck, buy some big tools, train some people how to use chainsaws safely. And then when you're faced with a with a tree that's kind of sick or someone doesn't really want it, it's easy to lean towards removing that tree because you know it's more technical, it's more sexy, it it makes more money, honestly, to remove a tree. Um, but unfortunately, that tree may have been able to continue growing, you know, and with the lack of education for the client or knowing how to treat that tree, you're losing the also losing the opportunity to care for that tree for years to come. So over time, if you're going to be in business for a while, you could earn more money with a consultation and some pruning than pruning of that tree. You know, uh, in the future, again, maybe you address some of their other trees in their yard and you keep that relationship growing. So. I really work towards tree preservation and uh, soil health and that sort of thing. Yeah, it works. I think it's a great, a great way to approach things. But I mean, nothing against other arborists that do a lot of removals. It's it's definitely necessary as well. And I, I myself inevitably re- remove a lot of trees as well. It's just part of the business. No, those are excellent points. All of those. What we've seen over the years is that for like every tree service company, in a local area, there's probably one that knows the arborist side of things very well. I mean, it could be maybe eight to one, 10 to one, 15 to one in certain markets, but generally there's one big plant healthcare, tree healthcare company in the area, but they also do the other things, you know, the pruning and the trimming and the you know, removals, yeah. all of that. But there's always usually like an expert around town that knows what they're talking about. All of this stuff, as you mentioned, they, they kind of funnels to this one tree company, this one arborist that knows what they're talking about. And that just goes a long way in the longevity of your business and kind of, I think, growing your business quicker and and building up more of those recurring avenues of treatments and going back out there quarter after quarter, month after month, however you, you know, schedule it. And so by, by being that professional in the local market, it just goes a long way because a lot of people are just unwilling to maybe learn that side of the business, but it's super, super important. And there's been a big asterisk yeah. on that type of thing, uh, you know, over the last 10 to 20 years, right? Going green and making sure we're saving trees and things like that. So I think it's important and I think it's a growing side of the industry. And by being that expert, you can really, I think, grow quickly because most people avoid it or don't know much about it or just don't train on it. But as you, as you mm-hmm. go in your tree service company, I think it's just a good idea, you know? Um, yeah. You know, it's so, just- uh, yeah, I was going to say that, that like that kind of bothered me for a while too. And I didn't know what other arborists were doing out there. And it seems like we're faced with these problems too. Like even the client will be like, well, I'm worried about this tree. Like, I kind of want to remove it, but you don't know for sure. You can't guarantee that it's not going to break or something, you know, like whatever the reason is. Uh, sometimes I come home and feel bad that I cut down a live healthy tree for whatever the reason might have been. Same with the client. Sometimes they're trying to avoid cutting the tree down, but they feel like it's a safety hazard. And they say, you know, they're not one to cut a tree down. So I actually started an alliance for arborists called Atmos Tree. And it's uh, just recently launched now to scale up for uh, all of Canadian arborists and landscapers and uh, and in the US. So one of the solutions I had and created was uh, this two to one tree cycle program, I call it. So what we do is we charge our clients and I've been doing it with Cochrane Tree Care, my company for the last year and a half or so. And uh, we charge a $25 recycling fee in Canada, $20 in the US. And uh, have a little blurb on there that we partner with Atmos Tree to plant two trees for each removal. So if there's more than one removal on the same job, we only charge it once. Or if the if it's a really small job, less than $250 invoice, we don't charge it. But overall, it results in a positive net gain of trees planted. 
So because it's an alliance, we're advertising this to other arborists and we have a bunch of people on board already. And uh, same thing, they go out and they can use it as a green marketing tool for their business to advertise that they're planting more trees than they're removing. Uh, we provide them with decals and badges and things that they can print uh, or uh, they can put on their trucks or they can use the logoing on their websites, uh, collaborate through social media, all this kind of stuff. So I'm trying to help them gain more business in that sense and have a bit of a green solution, um, but without having to do any work and not to have any cost on their end. Of course, there's a bit of work. They have to educate themselves what the program is and they can use it as a positive uh, talking or teaching point with clients. Um, but at least there's something there. There's a solution. So uh, we take the funds and manage the funds and look after all the planting. So all the planning, um, it's like research, like land acquirement or working with other organizations in our local area here or even across Canada and the U.S. But we have a few that we're starting out with uh, right now uh, to plant trees, mostly through some permaculture type communities or uh, plantations, sorry. And uh, we're going to try and plant like a good diversity and uh, get a good volume of trees out there. So that's that's my newest thing, my newest impact I'm trying to give back. Very cool. No, it's a good marketing strategy too. Not just marketing strategy for that, but it's it's a good feel good. Hey, when I get my tree removed from this company, they're also going to plant two trees to kind of replace the one. You know, it's a net gain of, of trees now that we've taken one out of the ground. We need to plant two more. That's a cool little thing too. And like a nice slogan for people. Now, if people want to find out more about that program, Kurt, I'm assuming anybody can kind of contact you and kind of see about it. Um, what's the yeah, website? Of course. What's the website for that? Well, uh, it's atmostree.org. Okay. So I have a lot of information on there, some frequently asked questions, and uh, it's not too cumbersome. People can check that out. Then they can also reach out through the website, and then I can send them back an email uh, that has a little bit more detailed information. And then if they want uh, atmostreeorg on, or sorry, on uh, Instagram, at atmostreeorg, um, for every follower there, we're planting a tree as well. So they can come there and check it out and kind of get up to date on what's happening you know, kind of right now. So yeah, I, th I think it's great. And it's, I'm meeting a ton of arborists um, through Atmos Tree. A lot of people love it and it's great. Like people can give me their feedback. Some people have uh, opportunities to plant on land near their area or know some organizations in their area. So I'm taking lists and ideas from everyone else so we can kind of like work together and uh, just kind of follow the flow of how, how things are going to go and how the arborists want to drive it. That's really cool. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, man. Thanks for sharing all of this with us today. Um, what yeah, no are problem. Other maybe maybe nuggets that you would share with any tree service business owner who maybe got started recently or a year ago, two years ago, and they're just pushing for it. They're trying to get their business out there. They're trying to grow. Uh, do you have any sort of words of wisdom for those people that are that are really trying to kind of ramp up and just you know kind of solidify their place in the market to to get their share of customers and keep their business thriving? Oh man, <laughs> there's definitely so many angles, but uh, I probably, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to spend a little bit of money to get some proper tools, equipment, and some good training first out of the gate. Uh, I think finding a mentor to help you, like someone that's trusted and does their job well that you uh, connect with can be invaluable, especially if you're really new. That's, that's definitely for sure thing. Um, and then, you know, educate yourself maybe on uh, some marketing strategies. You know, I know you promote a lot of marketing and that sort of thing, but marketing really does come down to, I think, people's perception of you, you know, how to brand. And if you need help with that, just just get help with it. Not everyone's naturally good at that kind of thing, but um, you want to present yourself, I think, consistently out in a lot of different places. 
diversify that way and then just be authentic like be a good person do good things you know think of good karma out there and um yeah i think things will just come back and we'll work out for you that's awesome well thanks so much for your time today man i appreciate you jumping on i know we had some scheduling issues there uh, earlier but uh kurt with cochran tree care and then also atmos tree dot org uh really great incentive there for planting trees and uh, sustaining the community i guess is a good phrase for that so thanks so much for your time and um yeah we'll thanks guys, yeah thank you kurt and we'll see you guys on the next one remember if you're Take on care. youtube and you're watching this like and subscribe to our channel if you're seeing this on there if you got value from this video and if you're seeing this or listening to this on the podcast like and subscribe to the podcast of your choice we got plenty more coming up shortly happy thanksgiving everybody thanks so much